The base of the cliff was large boulders, some of them slippery with damp moss on their shadowed sides. They were easy for her to climb. She had practice here occasionally, after dark, so her feet, bare, though her sandals were in her pack for later, knew the feel and shape of them. But it would be too easy to dismiss the dangers, even of this familiar beginning place. A slip on the moss, a misplaced step, a turned ankle, and her mission would end before it began. So she reminded herself to be vigilant. She focused on each move, placing each foot meticulously, feeling the surface with her toes, assessing the texture, shifting her weight before she took the next step. Once she jostled a small rock in passing and sent a shower of stones clattering down, she scolded herself for that. It was a small misjudgment and caused no harm, but she could not afford a single mistake this day. Enar had told her to think of nothing during the climb but the climb itself. But now and then, during this early section, that she could maneuver with ease, she found her thoughts straying from the cliff. If only, the voice in her mind whispered, what if? If only I had taken the baby that day. What if I had brought my little son here and he could have grown up with Enar teaching him about the birds and the lambs? He would have died in the sea. She shuddered thinking of it. What if Enar had not tried to climb out? What if he had stayed whole? Then he and I could go together and find my son and... She willed her thoughts to stop. Concentrate, she told herself. Concentrate only on the climb of the cliff. There were plants here in places where windborne scenes had dropped into the rocky crevices and been nourished by melted snow, sprouting now in the early spring, their stems reaching up. By daybreak, she would be able, perhaps, to see them move as they sought the sun. Now in the dark, she could only feel them there, tendrils brushing against her bare legs. She tried not to trample their fragile growth. Ah, here. This is why Enar had told her not to let her thoughts wander. Here was the place he had described where suddenly, in this mass section of boulders, was a rift, a deep gap in the rocks, a place where she must jump to the next foothold. He knew it would still be dark when she reached it. Why don't we go there now in daylight just for practice, she had asked him. Then I'll know exactly the length of the jump and, oh, she caught herself realizing that it would be impossible for him. He struggled each day, making his way with difficulty down from the steep pasture in order to teach and help her. He could not scramble up this mass of uneven rocks, but he had helped her to create the practice place. He measured the distance and height. They built the shapes from mud and let it harden. She jumped it again and again. It was not difficult. She was to leap from the top of the jagged boulder across the gap to the flat granite surface. He had her do it repeatedly on moonless nights so that she could not see, and she began to feel the distance so accurately that her feet found the same landing place every time. You'll come to a place where you must squeeze betwixt two rocks as high as your shoulder, matched same size like Bryn's boys, he had told her. When you get yourself through, mind you don't catch your pack in the squeeze, then you go upward to the top to the next rock. It slants up, and there's a sharp edge you'll find. That's where you plant yourself on the edge and jump outward and down. It was just as he had described. The twin rocks were as high as her chin, and the space between them narrow. Carefully, she used her hands and felt the surface all the way down each one to make sure there would be no rough places to scrape and injure her as she squeezed herself between them in the dark. Then, arching her back to accommodate the lumpy pack, it would be a disaster should her water gourd be crushed. 
she slid through. The next rock was what she had expected, a sharp upward slant with jagging outcroppings. She mounted it inch by inch, avoiding the dagger-like places that might gash her soles. She used her trained toes like fingers, feeling her way. It was slow going because she took such care. It was what he had taught her to do. Finally, she reached the top of the slant, the sharp edge, where he had instructed her to plant her feet for the jump. She balanced there, took a deep breath, recalled in her mind the feel of the distance she must cover, then made the leap into darkness with certainty. She landed on the flat granite and balanced perfectly. It had been her first challenge, really, and a small one, but even the small ones could be disastrous if they went wrong, and it was satisfying to have it behind her. She took her water gourd from the pack, sipped and rested there for a moment, thinking through the next part of the climb. On the horizon, looking out across the sea, she could see a thin pink line of dawn emerge. Sun, chapter 13, page 235. There were still stars visible in the night sky. A sliver of spring moon was low, just above the quiet moving sea. In the meadow, the huddled sheep were silent. The only sound was the rush of water from the falls above, through the woods to the side. They stood there together. Then Claire said, I'm sorry for what happened to you. Ah, uh, I know. He had told her at last how he had been damaged. It was worse than she could have imagined. But she knew she must not think of it now. When she reached the top would be the time. She would have to plan then, and what he had revealed to her would be part of her planning. But for now, she must concentrate only on the climb. He'll be there at the top, do you think? Not at first. You'll wait there, and then he'll come. Don't think on it now. But I will know him? Ah, you will. Do you think I'll make it, Enar? You will. He laughed and touched her cheek. I've given you what's been in my mind for all these years since I climbed out. Every night since then, I've climbed out again. I felt again each rock, each bit of moss, each twig and hollow and cleft and turn. At night, when other men are mending their nets or sharpening their tools or making love to their women, I've been remembering the climbing. I have a map of it in my mind, and I've given it to you, and you'll be safe. He chuckled and hugged her. You must. If you don't, I'll be made a fool of, for I was the one that made you strong. Let me see your pack now, to make it tight against you. Claire knelt on the path at the base of the cliff while Enar leaned his, stick, his walking sticks against the rock wall and adjusted the pack on her back. Knife, he asked her. She showed him how it was firmly knotted onto the cord that hung around her neck. Rope? It was coiled neatly and wrapped around her shoulder. The water, the water gourds in your pack don't try to reach it when you're on the rock, even if your thirst is fierce. There are places where you can stop and rest, ledges they're called. If you climb steady, you'll reach the first one at midday. You can stop to drink there. Yes, I know, you told me. What's this? He was feeling her pack. Down by the water gourd with the gloves. Al's put that in. Herb salve for healing. Ah, that's good. Mayhap when you use the rope, you'll burn your hands, even with the gloves. If you slip on the rope, it pulls against your skin. But don't let go. I won't. You know I won't. Don't put the gloves less than you use the rope. You need to feel with your fingers. Enar, what? She showed him. Al's made this. You can't see it because it's too dark, but feel. She handed him a flat, round object and waited while he felt it. It's just an ordinary rock, but Al sewed a piece of cloth around it. It's bright red. 
She made it from the woolen hat I wore last winter. Why ever? When I get to the top, you told me there's a very steep place just before. The place I must be so careful. Ah, the place with the rock steps. Don't look down. No, I won't. I'll do it just the way you told me, feeling for each step, being so careful, not looking down, not being gleeful because it's the top. What then? When I finish climbing all those steps and I am at the top and feel my feet on the solid earth, then I'll fling this rock out into the air and down. The sun will be setting. Yes, I'll fling my rock out into the sunset. You look tomorrow. Look on the ground down here for the bright red. Then you'll know that I did it that I climbed out. Ah, uh, I'll look, it'll be a sign. He touched her cheek and held his hand there tenderly for a moment. I will miss you, Water Claire, he said. I will never forget you, fierce Enar, she replied. They both smiled at the long ago names. Then he kissed her, turned away, and reached for his sticks. She would not see him again. It was time for her to start.